This is your Drive Time News Blast, 30 minutes jam-packed with up-to-the-minute news from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice every weekday. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Today's top story, like it always was and always will be, the impeachment investigation hearings. Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, Alexander Soliman or whatever, Vindman, a Ukrainian-born member of the military, was testifying today. And, I mean, I just listened to this stuff, and it's all, it's just, it's interpretation, it's hearsay. He was actually witness to the call. Yeah, he heard the call. And he didn't even clear up the ambiguities. No, he actually was part of the team of people that left out the mention of Burisma in the transcript. As, like, being stated by, in right, like it said, the company instead of Burisma, and he said it wasn't a significant omission, and then everybody's just freaking out about that, that back and forth. Yeah. That's, that's, that is dominating the 24-7 news cycle right now. Well, the stuff that I saw dominating it, as well as that, was also that moment where... The whistleblower was almost outed in an exchange between Nunez and this guy. And Schiff <laughs> stepped in and he said, We better not out the whistleblower. Schiff has a look on his face like he's going to eat your baby or something. He has he a weird does. look on his face. He absolutely looks like Ren from Ren and Stimpy sometimes. Like his eyes just bulge out like that. It's so weird. But while he was saying that, Rush was just, I was listening to Rush and he was just. Referring to the guy by name, like Sharmella, 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 you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like not even nothing. Like there was no question. So they need to get that guy out there. I don't know. I don't know. It's like the dog that didn't bark. If they don't call Sharmella to say he wasn't the whistleblower, we know he was. Yeah. Or they want us to think he was. It'd there was something interesting that Vinbin said. Is that his name? Vidman? Vindman. Vindman, who has Vindman. a twin brother, by the way. Yes, you, Eugene. I'm going to just anglicize it all. I think yeah, it's interesting that he goes by Alex and his brother goes by a name, obviously a Ukrainian <laughs> name, has no vowels in it, basically. <laughs> and they're twins. All of his family is in the military, though. It's kind of weird. So here's something he said that I thought was pretty interesting. He was talking about the investigations that were being allegedly called for and of course he was referring to them as investigations into biden as opposed to corruption and then he goes on in that context and he says that an investigation into ukraine would be interpreted as a partisan play and this would undoubtedly result in ukraine losing bipartisan support it would undermine u.s national security and it would it would advance russia's strategic objectives in this region so investigating biden would undermine national security and advance Russia's strategic position. If you call for an investigation into Biden, you are advancing Russia's strategic position. This is where we have gotten to on this. Yeah, I noticed that. And the bigger picture is that all they're doing is trying to get bipartisan support for aid to Ukraine and escalating military involvement. I think just at the time that the rest of the world, especially Europe, is saying – Let's just put an end to this. And if you look back at the Newland calls, she says F the EU. She actually says fuck the EU in the call. 
So even back then, our approach was more aggressive than the EU wanted. And since then, the big rift, the reason we implemented the coup is that Yanukovych refused to sign the agreement with the EU. I forget what it's called, like an action agreement or an administrative agreement or something that has like 500 different line items of how they're going to conform their country with Europe line by line. Now they did sign that. And so now they're on that road and, but it's possible that the EU is still trying to get this to be less hostile. And we at the same time are happy to have it be hostile. So I think that's a big underlying factor with all of this is it's an opportunity for these guys to make a case to the American public of why uh, a shoulder-to-shoulder support on Ukraine is vital to our national interest. Every one of these guys' statements start with that, and everybody on the left and right say how these guys are all honest and truthful and are just telling you the behind-the-scenes factors that support American security. Yeah, and everybody agrees on the foreign policy aspect of it, even the people who might have a bit of a contentious hearing like somebody like Sondland, right. I bet, is also going to support the foreign policy aspect of it, which is the overarching talking point that's being spread around. And that's uh, Ukraine good, Russia bad. And Pelosi said something interesting the other day, yesterday, that really shines light on the heart of this whole investigation. She said that Trump needs to be impeached right now because his actions have already jeopardized the 2020 election. Like, think about that. Oh, my God. His, his actions have already jeopardized the 2020 election. So if people listening, the people who believe that, who accept that as truth, then the only valid, legitimate, pro-democracy outcome of our election is if the Democrat wins. It's automatically right. invalidated any other outcome. Well, That's dangerous. But think back at when Obama promised Putin a quid pro quo for laying off before his election. That hot mic. Obama said, tell Vlad, (laughs) Vladimir, that he needs to not make an issue of this missile thing. This is my last election ever. Let me get through it, and then I'll get back to him. Now, if that is not a quid pro quo that affects an election, I don't know what is. Yeah. And basically, anything you do will affect the election. I mean, that's what you're trying to do. Right. And that's what they're doing here, too. Well, they're affecting the election, but they're affecting public opinion. And they're intentionally affecting the election. They're saying it. They're saying if we don't get this done, he might win. Yeah, they know Trump is not going to. That's the purpose of this. It's political. That's the political purpose of this. Yeah, they know that he's not going to get removed from office. This is to divide. Really, I don't think people are watching this, to be honest with you. I think the main people that are watching this are the most radical elements of probably both sides. The, well, people not all of them, but the people who are going to be most affected by it are going to be the radical elements of both sides. And it's only going to cause them to hate their opposite even more. So it's going to further divide the more radical elements of the left and the right. And they're going to try and pull people from the middle out there. So this is targeted, I think, in, in, one, in one way, to really, really radicalize the protesters after it doesn't work and after Trump wins. Yes, 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 yes. It gets them all dressed up and they have no place to go. But what you're saying echoes something that I read in the journal this morning. Gerald Seib, you can always count on him for some uh, snooty 
but warmongery propaganda, I think. <laughs> so he, he said that the big problem here with this impeachment is that it is damaging not only the president, but four essential institutions of our system that may never recover. And he said, and but he started by saying it's really not going to serve any purpose, but what you said, it's going to polarize people. It's going to ignite or galvanize or whatever outrage people were already strictly in camps and then it might divide people up in the middle a little bit but what he said the four things were was the foreign service it's going to damage the foreign service who's these good people who care about continuity of government and american security but are being painted as some kind of a deep state then he says it's going to interrupt so we're talking about these people who are the deep state who were using their position for absolute corruption venal corruption then The House Intel Committee, he says, it's going to damage that. Now, these are people who he's like, their integrity is under scrutiny. These are people who I believe that's the committee that took that new knowledge report that took a report on Russian bots by Mm -hmm. fake Russian bots. Then he said it's impugning the character or the reputation of the FBI. And I would just say, look at the FBI directors who are in the spotlight here, Comey and Mueller, both of whom were the cause of millions of dollars of taxpayer money being paid out because of their malfeasance by accusing innocent people. Look into that if you want. With Mueller, it was numerous things, but you can highlight the anthrax thing. With yeah. Comey, look up the Ramsey rapist and more. There's more. Comey, those, both of them had paid out more than once, so you can check that out. Then he also says the impeachment process itself is being ridiculed but or impugned. But the impeachment process itself is supposed to be a less serious thing than, like, assassination or arrest. Like that, if you read Alexander de Tocqueville's Democracy in America, he praises the impeachment thing as being, like, a kind of no-cost way to vet you know, to get somebody out who's, like, not great. But it is, I do think, it's obviously being used. And once you get, once you cross the Rubicon here, and I think they did it with Clinton, and that was reprisal for the Iran-Contra thing, which, you know, the two sides say you're really not supposed to go that far to stuff that we both do all the time. And that's what they're doing here. And Operation Fast and Furious was like that. And all this stuff was where... Both sides are guilty of all the same stuff. Yeah. So it's really a bad precedent for the they, – they just don't want to keep it that way. It's an oligarchy. It's an oligarchy, which means – an oligopoly, which means that both sides kind of agree to split up a basically, basically a monopoly. It's not competitive where you cut the other's knees out. I like it better if it is, but they, that's not the way it's supposed to work. I want to point out something that I noticed Jake Tapper do first and then I noticed – a couple other I noticed in the New York Times, and I believe it came from one of the testimonies yesterday, is that Tapper, when he was talking about the investigations, is he he did this nice little move, which I could see this coming for about a week because they kept getting they kept pushing Burisma and Biden closer and closer and closer until yesterday. I heard Tapper go. The investigations into Burisma, the Biden investigations is also what it's known as. And so they have taken the two mm-hmm. and merged them together. And one of the testimonies, Kurt Volker, mm-hmm. he said that he was unaware of any attachment to investigations. And he thought that it was just an investigation into Burisma, and he did not realize that other people 
assumed that Burisma meant Biden. He didn't assume that. I thought And he's being forced to amend his testimony. He's having to amend his testimony because he took an investigation into Burisma as being Burisma. And he's having to explain that he had no idea that everybody else knew Burisma meant Biden. That's unbelievable. But I think they said Biden in the transcript, didn't they? They said Biden worked there is what the president okay, said. Okay, but the work, I mean, Biden was in, I read it a couple of times. And I really thought it that was it, it was said, the business that was the first call for the corruption that Biden worked for. Right. But Burisma is a historically corrupt company and Biden worked there. But by attaching Biden to it and anytime you say you invalidate oh, yeah, any legitimate investigation into a yeah. legitimately oh, corrupt business. I totally agree. And they were there because it was corrupt. So yeah. they should be in, they should be investigated, even if he's running, even if it means he loses but this is – can I read the thing? It says – he says uh, a lot of people hmm, – la, la, la. It says the former ambassador from the United States, the woman, was bad news, and the people she was dealing with in the Ukraine were bad news. So I just wanted to let you know that. The other thing, there's a lot of talk about Biden's son, that Biden stopped the prosecution, and a lot of people want to find out about that. So whatever you can do with the attorney general would be great. Biden went – around bragging that he stopped the prosecution. So if you can look into it, it sounds horrible to me. So that's in that transcript. Now, yeah, I think I, the, the mention of the business and Biden working for it, I think is a few pages earlier, if I recall. Yeah, correctly. it might be. But I'm saying like, it's hard to, to deny that he's highlighting Biden. No, he said, I, he said Biden worked for that corrupt company. So it's gonna, it would be part of the investigation, which is true. But the way they're saying it in the media now is they've been framing it as, is Trump investigating Biden for personal reasons or is he in broadly investigating corruption and Burisma? But they have, they've taken that distinction away now. I would go back further and I would say, is there any evidence at all? And as a matter of fact, there definitely is evidence. I would like to see it of how withholding the aid originated. I believe it was because of Burisma, but because of Privat Bank and Kolomoisky and Burisma. Yeah. And I think that's what and I think if you looked at those documents, we could put this whole thing to bed. I do not understand why Nunez, I actually tweeted at him to please look at that, because that's the only thing that matters. This could be something Trump was not in the power of giving the quid pro quo, that the aid was already withheld held, and that even after Trump got aware of it, then the aid was given anyway. So yeah. I think you can withdraw from this phone call altogether. It doesn't matter. Yeah, well, they don't want to close the book on it yet because yes, they're I using know, it I know. for strategic purposes. But the quid pro quo thing, and then we can move on if you want. They've been one of the defenses. So Republicans, they'll say, well, it never went – the aid went through anyway, and there was never this public announcement like they said it was dependent on. And then the Democrats will go, yeah, but that's only because the aid, aid was released two days after the administration found out about the whistleblower's complaints. And I'm wondering if, if we're going to be speculative, and that's all this thing has been is hearsay and speculation – how do we know that didn't happen the other way around? How do we know that the whistleblower did not hear that they were going to release the aid and recognize that that would destroy any case that he was trying to make on this complaint? And then he preempted 
the release of the aid by filing the whistleblower complaint. At the direction of Adam Schiff. Yeah. That's what they're saying is that the whistleblower talked to Adam Schiff before he filed the I, filed the IG complaint. Yeah. I, I, and I'm, Schiff would be probably in the know on this stuff. Right. It, see, the aid was a congressional matter. They're trying to make it seem as though they only released it in response to that. I'm saying maybe the whistleblower only whistle blew in response to the aid being released. He just preemptively did it. Yeah, right. I get what you're saying. And and he might have. And also, they're starting to investigate whether Trump lied to Mueller. Uh, yeah, I saw that. They're connecting and, that back to – it's because of Roger Stone. Well, they're saying – I mean, the the it looks like they're doing it to get information that was presented to the grand jury. Does that fold into the Roger Stone thing? Maybe Roger Stone said stuff that they wasn't – that they didn't know about. What are you saying it's because of Roger Stone? Well, the articles I read about it are all, well, in light of the Roger Stone convictions, this damning evidence against Trump now, we're going to take another look at Trump and make sure he didn't lie to Mueller on his written yeah. statement to that see if it lines up with saying. Roger Stone. I also think it's a fishing expedition to get stuff that was presented to the grand jury that they, because Congress saw a lot of this stuff, but they didn't see that. But this all presumes that this is like for real and they're trying to get the bottom of it. And a lot of these people are, I think, like a lot of the congressmen and stuff are not thinking in 3D. They just, they're, they're told what to do and they do it. Yeah. The way they're presenting it to the public about Roger Stone is they're saying Roger Stone was convicted of all seven accounts and they call them the impeachment investigators. That sounds like a reality television show. Yeah, yeah. Adam right. Schiff and Nancy Pelosi digging up dirt. The impeachment investigators are now looking in to see if Trump might have lied to Mueller in his written testimony. So they lead it off with the Roger Stone comment that he was convicted of seven charges, connecting it to Russia, making it seem as though he was convicted of being a Russian agent, which he wasn't. They don't ever right. go into specifics of it. Right. I want to uh, I want to give an update on the Hong Kong thing. Oh yeah, since we're talking about it, they so that siege that Polytech thing is still going on, yeah. or it's it's beginning to break up. It looks like, and I in the updates I read in the journal this morning, it looks to me it said that two hundred people left. They were under eighteen. Four hundred left who were were over eighteen, and they were arrested. And there are hundred who remained behind. Now, the article talks about – one of the articles talks about how mothers were sitting outside waiting for their kids to come out. One of them was a high school student, a 17-year-old who went to the university to study, uses the university library. She said he went to the university to study. He couldn't figure out how to get out, and she was desperately waiting for him. The high school principal went in and got him and maybe some other people out. And after all that, the Wall Street Journal calls that kid a protester. And other mothers were waiting to try to get their kids out, too. Kids who were texting, like, I don't know how I'm going to get out of here. Wait, he went to the library to study and ended up being called a protester by the Wall Street Journal? Yes, that's what I'm saying. So they're saying that all these people are protesters, and I think they're hostages. Let me read you. Yeah. Let me just read you the it sounds like sentences. It. it says, among the moms waiting outside was Wing, who held a sign written hastily in marker on the back of cardboard that said, quote, save our kids. Wing's 16-year-old son told her he was going to do homework at the Hong Kong Polytech University on Saturday. Her son was one of a few hundred mostly young protesters still inside Hong Kong Polytech campus, which has been besieged by police. 
After speaking to her son by phone earlier Monday, Wing said the boy was upset and had no idea how to get out safely. However, she later said her son had left with his school principal who entered the campus Monday, and now the boy is safe. Yeah, I thought I, went I, to, oh, sorry. Yeah. I thought I read where there were people homework. trying to escape. Yeah, and here's another one. Miss Chen, a single mother of two students inside the university, was waiting anxiously for news. Her two daughters, 21 and 22, have spent days on campus, first occupied a week ago. Their last contact with their mom was earlier Monday on encrypted, encrypted messaging app Telegram. Quote, I know they're safe, but don't know how long they'll stay safe. Yeah. I mean, these sound like hostages. They really do. The whole situation is just getting out of control. It is it out of control. Like. And when you when you look at how these people are dressed and what they're doing, I mean, some of the protesters, quote, protesters escaped by rappelling down a bridge to getaway cars. Yeah. Wow. I mean, how are they communicating? You know, the whole thing sounds really crazy to me. And these are the no, pro-democracy protesters. I'm not choosing sides. I don't know the specific details. I'm just saying and said it before. This is modeling for when things get really out of control. It is, it is, but it's... It's instructions coming from our establishment to targeted child soldiers, child activists in other countries, because we are squarely behind this. There's plenty of evidence that we are squarely behind this. And that that really is sick. And then we're attacking China in so many ways. One thing that I read yesterday and again today is about this this uh, Beijing talented talent whatever thousand talents program where supposedly they have people working here who are then taking secrets from universities and stuff back there but i they deny it and the article is like it's so hard to prove because there's no evidence i'm like okay that's you know stop saying that you know it's true and you don't have evidence you don't know it's true it's probably true i wouldn't be in the least bit surprised if it's true i assume it is true but what they never seem to point out is that we do the exact same thing. Like I look at the Center for Talented Youth. I look at this Telluride program. I look at the Bosch Foundation, Rockefeller Foundation, all the internships that Stacey Abrams did. These are people who are being trained to infiltrate institutions, to lead, that they, they take talented pro- programs for talent and enrichment and all that, and they use them as screening, as auditions, like you would say, as training grounds, as ways to vet people, as ways to choose. And they, there's no reason to think that, the ta- that our talent programs that, that have the same earmarks as having other purposes don't function just like the Wall Street Journal is so easy to believe the Beijing stuff functions. Shifting gears for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's like way louder. <laughs> yeah. Trump was in the Google Trending's top rising trend for yesterday. And the top trending search around Trump was Trump poisoned. Had you heard this speculative story? No. Well, Trump went to Walter Reed. They say he was rushed there oh. for an emergency. What? The White House. Saying, oh, is that why there was controversial? Yeah, the White House counters that. The White House says that they do unscheduled checkups that are routine for them, but right. they do them unscheduled so that it's not foretold in the news or for so you know, I, I think it's a good idea to do it that way. Yeah. Maybe something happened. They probably wouldn't say if something did happen. But the speculation online and in some media became that Trump was poisoned so much so that this was the top <laughs> rising twin trend. And one theory I saw was that his food tester was gravely ill. I I, I take 
this story with a very with a grain of salt. I'm just saying what the theory was for uh, another point, and that his food tester was gravely ill and that he was feeling sick and he was being tested for poison. And I don't believe that's true. I don't know that I believe what the White House says that everything is perfectly fine either. But what is just really interesting to me and ironic because you knew it would happen is Trump going to the hospital. And suddenly his wellness and his fitness for office come back into question, yet I'm reading articles out of the New York Times and other mainstream outlets that are saying stuff like, how Bernie Sanders' heart attack made him a stronger candidate. (laughs) Of course, and Hillary, like these rumors of her being sick are are crazy conspiracy theories. And then when she falls down, it doesn't validate them. It just gives these crazy people a reason to think they're right. Yet now it's perfectly okay to spout conspiracy theories about Trump being poisoned. Right. So, and and maybe something did happen. I don't know. I'm just finding maybe he was vaping. That is definitely you could have had a strange, mysterious vape illness. And (laughs) Trump is actually turning. He's going back on what he was going to do. He (laughs) was going to get rid of all the flavored vapes, and now he has. He probably found out that a lot – because a lot of people that support Trump did not like that. I know. I know. And that's probably why one of the reasons he's considering not making vapes illegal, at least in the way they were going to initially do them. They were going to like broad scale just make them illegal It's for certain ages and stuff. But now they're reconsidering policies now, which I know the people I know that are Trump supporters, they were huge Trump supporters. And then the vaping issue, like seriously, they're a one-issue voter, and it's vaping. Yeah. I got that. I got tweets like that too. Like, wow, I totally supported Trump, but now, so if it happens before the election, there's they should still blame him, even if he personally backs off it. Yeah, because clearly he's just backing off it for political reasons. Yeah, yeah. But the fact that he's backing off it for political reasons makes me think that there is still some value in the in the whole voting process. You know what I yeah, mean? Like yeah. they can't just railroad you uh, there's also the possibility that yeah he listened to our show or other shows that talked about mm-hmm. the real problems with it and realized that the solution that was being offered wasn't really going to mm-hmm. do much to except s- for feed the cronies yeah yeah see he he acts like he's for the little man he's a change in policy and then his policies are the same or worse like i saw people saying that his like North American Union thing, whatever they're talking about, the replacement for NAFTA is like that nightmare thing that I was worried about from William Weld and Heidi Cruz and that it's a complete scam and that he's going through the back door making us all feel like, oh, I stood in the way of the Trans-Pacific Partnership and this is better than NAFTA, but it's really not. And then he says he doesn't want war, but I just read, it was on the front page of the Wall Street Journal that Pompeo said the West Bank settlements of the Israelis are legal legal which flies in the face of what i you know as much as i am not in favor of the un the principle that you cannot you they won't recognize land gains gotten through war and even in the journal it says today that this land that israel claims and settles on it got from jordan in 1967 war and the problem with this is it makes a two-state solution harder because it it kind of divides up that what would be the second state and a one state solution, I think is very hard because if everyone voted, the Arabs, I believe would outnumber the Israelis by a lot. 
So you've got a lot of problems over there. And this kind of thing, moving the the capital to Jerusalem, Trump did recognizing, I think, the Golan Heights as Israeli also. That really, if we are to believe that this Israeli-Palestinian conflict is a big part of the unrest in the Middle East and not just an excuse for it, fomented on purpose, which I think it might be, we could have real problems coming out of there, and this is a distract. You know, the impeachment, the diehard distraction is going strong, and people aren't paying attention to it. Now, I'm hoping that this is just that it isn't as significant as it sounds. Doesn't make a real difference on the ground, or at least doesn't create instability and conflict even greater than there is over there. That maybe it's just to support Netanyahu, a good friend of the Kushners, who's on the ropes there, Gantz his kind of neck and neck opponent has the opportunity to create a government by tomorrow. And if this undermines that, then they get another election and Yahoo gets yet another chance. I think that's how it could work. So hopefully this doesn't kind of spark something that this isn't the thing we're being distracted from. Yeah. That's a what to watch out for. Definitely. Yeah. Well, that's an, I, I, it's all, it's always that I, it is always where to look because world war three could start there as easily as anywhere. Else. Yes, it could. And well, this isn't really related to world war three mayor Pete. It could be if he were to get hey, elected he could president. be the commander in chief. Since he has emerged, as we talked about, he, he has been given the baton to take a kind of leadership a, pre- a presumed leader of the Democrats, sort of, but not really. Like he's leading in Iowa, and that's one of the angles leading they've been from propagating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and but that's not the full story because in South Carolina, a poll came out, and there's one particular gr- group that he's not polling so well with that's definitely going to be a problem for him. In South Carolina, he is polling among African American voters at zero percent whoa oh of course that's why he needs stacy abrams exactly. it's fantastic that's exactly why i expect him to talk about voter suppression a whole oh lot tomorrow gosh. during the debate stacy abrams may even carry him up onto the stage herself like a towel or i was saying possibly i was saying one of those little backpacks people carry babies yeah in i just front. envision she's the guy like when in snowden's little story about how his like, oh, the yeah. guy was twice his size yeah had him around his neck like towel. I'm just like that. Stacey yeah. Abrams is going to throw Mayor Pete over over his shoulder. I would love to see that. I, I would become a Stacey Abrams fan if she started doing stuff like that. To be <laughs> honest with you, that's how she would win me over. Okay, Boomer. <laughs> Are you familiar with this meme? Okay, yes, Boomer. I am familiar. with So it. I want to say, remember a couple of weeks ago. When I said that they, that like my parent, my mom still watches Fox. My kids think I'm crazy, but like you, me from Gen X to the millennials saw the internet in its raw form. And how are they going to, they use people like Greta or Hogg to denounce us and to belittle us and tell us to shut up so that they can disconnect the generation who saw the truth from this generation coming up. Remember when I was talking about that a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, yeah. So this meme, OK Boomer, is exactly that. Yeah, just shut up. Yeah, shut up, <laughs> conspiracy theorists. Shut yeah. up, Boomer. Yeah, it's another way. Yeah, you're right. It's another way. But to I'm not a Boomer. We're not Boomers. We're bust. I'm a buster. You're a millennial. Yeah, I'm not a Boomer. You're on the ass end of the busters. What's actually. a Boomer? The baby Boomers baby boomer, are right? all yeah. the kids that the... Viet, the Vietnam, the World War II vets had when they came home. So my family's huge. 
eight brothers and sisters, the older half of my family is all baby boomers. And then the second half, so my older brother was 18 years older than I, the second half are the busters. Like they had all the babies and then they just, the next generation didn't have as many babies. And oh, then you had yeah. Woodstock, they came back you had from the war, that. right? Yes. Yeah. And then, and then they just kind of lost control. But the boomers were the teenagers in the sixties who caused all these problems. But I'm a buster. Yeah. They like to just disregard all that experience, life experience that they could learn from. For their own. Oh yeah, they they tore down a, a a structure that did have flaws and replaced it with nothing, which then was replaced by what we will soon see is a totalitarian <laughs> for global dictatorship. But whatever. Well, that's fun. Sorry. Okay, Boomer was supposed to be the fun thing to end <laughs> on. <laughs> Not worldwide global dictatorial tyranny. <laughs> well, that's how you get there's. Okay, Boomer. Yeah, exactly. You know what today is? What's today? On top of it being International Men's Day, which that's not a holiday that I don't know if that's allowed to be celebrated anymore. The symbol is pretty funny because it's... Did you say it was two penises? Well, it's the symbol for men, which is penis, I think. Kind of little arrow. Intertwined. Two of them. So it's two dicks touching is what you're saying. (laughs) I think so. (laughs) But what... What, I wanted to tell you that on this day in history, because I think you might Go. get even a little triggered in this, is that depart- the Department of Homeland Security was created in 2002. I remember thinking, I don't know. That doesn't sound good. <laughs> <laughs> Another interesting note today is the pop duo Millie Vanilli became the first performers to be stripped of their Grammy Award for lip syncing. Oh. Hmm. They shouldn't have done it. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at 4 p.m. on com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report oh. podcast feed. And what and is share today? Share the show Tuesday. And share the show Tuesday if you guys <laughs> could share the show. I missed your, with your cue. your friends and family. Share the show, yes, on all your social media platforms. Put a little good word in, like, you can't miss it. This is real news. And uh, also, if you know a particular person who is just too jaded to even tweet, tell them personally. You'll be doing them a favor. We will talk to y'all tomorrow. The day of the debates in Atlanta. <laughs>